Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A Nebraskan family reunion couldn't seem more backwards to gay California teenager. That would be writer. If Ryder had his way, he chose, he'd have chosen the moment just like this to come out. The bigger the scene, the better. For his mother's sake, however, Ryder agrees to keep quiet, save parading around the picnic in his most audacious pair of short shorts. Ryder's antics raise dubious eyebrows from his hardened cowboy relatives, but a nine-year-old Molly can't get enough. She follows her cool California cousin everywhere. After lunch, they walk to the barn and look at the bird's nest in the rafters. And this is just sort of the setup for this remarkable narrative film that comes out today, and that would be Take Me to the River. It's opening at the New Art Theater here in uh, Santa Monica, Los Angeles. It's right on Santa Monica Boulevard. So get out and check this film out. It's wonderful. And we're joined today by the writer and the director of Take Me to the River, and that would be Matt Sobel. Matt, welcome to film school. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Where did the story come from? Well, I should preface it by saying that um, my family's from Nebraska, uh, and uh, the farmhouse that's seen in the film is the house that my mother grew up on and that I grew up visiting uh, every summer. Um, and so the location and the setup of the family reunion is entirely based on facts. Um, the drama of the story is entirely fictional, uh, and that came from a nightmare that I had, uh, that I was at one of these family reunions and that I was accused of something um, inappropriate with one of my younger cousins. Um, and, and truthfully, I don't quite remember what it was that I was accused of, but I remember waking up with this feeling of deep, visceral dread um, and, and this sort of feeling that... Um, no matter what I said to try to clear my name, it just sort of made matters worse, and that was a very frustrating place to be in. Um, and, the, and the film began as sort of an experiment to try to isolate this uh, feeling of anxiety and, um, and, and give, basically give the audience that same feeling. Yeah, yeah, and you do. Uh, there's a, there is a sense of dread throughout the film, but it doesn't overwhelm the story. There, there's just it. It's sort of, it's this. It's what I would refer to as the moments of silence, the moments of where myself, as as someone watching the film, um, can contemplate not only what we've just seen in the in the in the story in the film, but also to imagine a lot of different emotions, a lot of different senses of what's coming next. There's a real. It's a, that's one of the things that I truly found wonderful about "Take Me to the River" is that the uh, the faith in the audience that you are able to convey that you believe yeah. that they're willing to understand and and under and try to appreciate all these different elements. Yeah. So w- one thing that that I've always been interested in is the difference between reading a book and watching a movie. I think that when we when we pick up a book we have made an implicit agreement with the author 
that we are going to be responsible for imagining half of the story. Um, but that's not an agreement that we at least knowingly make when we walk into a film. Mm-hmm. Um, we m- may expect the, the filmmaker or the director of the television episode to show us absolutely everything that we need to know and tell us exactly everything that we need to be thinking when we need to be thinking it. Um, uh, I don't actually think that that's true, though. I think that, that the story is actually happening inside of our head, not on the screen, mm-hmm. and that uh, whether we know it or not, our own suspicions, our fears, our assumptions are playing quite a big role in the movie that we think we're seeing. And so it, it, it's really up to the storyteller, uh, the director, um, to decide how much, if at all, they want to use this sort of way we watch movies. Um, and, and we decided that we wanted to use it quite a bit, um, uh, leaving these negative spaces in the narrative, whether it be uh, a whisper that's said just too quietly to hear and we have to imagine, or um, a, an event in the character's backstories that each character has a different way of describing, and we have to make a decision about what it is. Because um, in the end, uh, the story is about suspicion. Um, the members of this family reunion, when a, a sort of mysterious incident happens in the middle of this cordial picnic, have to make a snap decision about something that they don't see and they don't have the, the, all of the information for. And in asking, inviting and asking the audience to make some of those decisions for themselves, I wanted to suggest that the audience is a character in the story and co-creating it with us. And and I think you accomplished that. I w- let, let's back up a little bit because we're so, I I described it at the beginning, but I don't I don't know how good mm-hmm. I I did as far as describing the film. So writer uh, Cindy and Don, the family, and I d- I forgot their last name. Do they have? Are we using last names? They don't have a last name actually. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, but they're yeah. all they're from California. <laughs> we can make it up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The, the 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 they they're from California, and they've come out to Nebraska to get together for what appears to be, I'll say, an annual get together, an annual reunion. Yeah, and. Uh, so they've driven a long ways. Uh, they get there, and in and we're and at the very beginning of the film, Ryder says to his family, "Are you going to tell them?" Right away, there's sort of a there's a, a hints there's hints of secrets. Although in the course of their conversation in the car, it comes out that Ryder is gay and that uh, he wants his mom and dad uh, to either let his the rest of the family know or let him let the rest of the family know about that. He really wants his mother, he wants his mother to tell the family. Right. And so that starts sort of the, that's the beginning and knowing, and then once they arrive, this could not be more a sort of an iconic looking Nebraska family, all white, uh, living on a farm, uh, obviously very sort of, uh, I'll say their cultural bearings are very conservative. Um, so it sets up a dynamic right away in the, in the telling of uh, Take Me to the River that you know we're in for a bumpy ride. And then yeah, I think that, that we, we wanted in this opening to get the audience to, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you plan on watching it, then you just have to forget this part of what we said. Um, but to get the audience to telegraph a very different movie than the one that we actually have in store for them, mm-hmm. one where this teenager is preparing to come out in a hostile, potentially hostile environment, 
there's probably going to be some pushback, but eventually the entire family is going to come around. And, and that, that film is, uh, I feel like we've seen that before. It's probably even a cliche by now. Um, and, but it's very easy to imagine yeah. that's where we're going yeah. based on the opening scene. Yeah. Now, uh, and from there it unfolds, and I, I generally hesitate to ask these kinds of questions. Uh, you're, this is your first film, first feature-length film. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of other films, you just mentioned, we may have seen this kind of story in, in go in a certain way before, and it doesn't in this film, but this film feels like a lot of different films. Uh, I, I'm just asking about your sort of influences. Um, where, well, you, I, I'm curious actually to what, what, you, what it reminds you of. Um, it, it, it reminds me of certain horror films. They're, 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 because <laughs> there, there are certain things that are left unsaid that this could have been... I, I, this isn't fair. I'm sort of, I've been thinking about it, and I can't... I'm, there's a, but there's a sort of a... The, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, for some reason... Really? Wow. No, and I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you why. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I can see what you're saying. I, I think that the. Um, I think that the probably some of the cinematography and the editing might be uh, where the horror uh, aspect is coming from. I mean, w- we really wanted there to be sort of like these horror or thriller esque scenes but always sort of in broad daylight, never, um, uh, like, for instance, like, in, you know, later in the story when he goes over to the creepy uncle's house, it would be easy to make it seem like a, like a house out of a horror film, but, but we kind of wanted to do the opposite with it, yeah. uh, to make it look, like, disturbingly friendly. Um, yeah. So that sort of, like, clash of, of the sort of mixed signals that we're sending, that might be where... Uh, this like feeling of dread and horror is coming from. Well, and maybe you know, invasion of the body snatchers might have been the, not the best of references, but it is this sort of Americana horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, yeah. yeah, you, you, I was expecting all. I had all kinds of expectations as this film as this film was going along, and we haven't even mentioned uh, Keith Josh Hamilton is by the way terrific. Everyone in this film is really, really good. Now Logan Miller, I have not familiar with till I'd seen him in this. He's terrific. Robin Weigert, who plays the mother, is terrific as Cindy, um, and then Don is played by Richard Schiff. We know him from West Wing and others, but he's the Toby, Toby. What was his name? Toby Ziegler. Ziegler thank you from West Wing. Terrific in this, but Josh Hamilton is. He embodies this kind of very removed i'll say almost sociopathic sort of uh in intelligence and um and dread i I don't know yeah yeah ethereal there's the word i'm looking for thank you and and um yeah no uh, he he had never played a role anything like this which was specifically why i was interested in casting him as to not telegraph where his role is going to go by his casting. Um, and also, I think that's the reason why he was interested in playing it. Yeah. Again, you, this, so, so the sense of dread, um, <laughs> sense of foreboding, but at the same time, throughout it, the character of 
of writer played by Logan Miller, there is a there's a resiliency to his character. There's a there is a uh, a willingness to be brave at certain times in the film that really kind of keeps us from falling into what I would call the, the dread that the film is hinting at. And well, I, I, it's it's his coming of age story. Like essentially, okay. he's a seventeen year old who is uh, figuring out what kind of what 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 manhood really means. Um, uh, he he's a gay seventeen year old who is speaks very confidently about who he is and um, you know how he's right and his family if they are bigoted are wrong, uh, but who has very little real life experience about how to stand up under pressure. Um, and this movie, you know, he, he, he's, he's figuring that out. Yeah, he, he is definitely. We're speaking with the director, writer, and producer of the film, Take Me to the River, and that's Matt Sobel. Matt, along with Logan Miller and Robin Weigart, is and are going to be at the New Art Theater here in Los Angeles tonight. That would be Friday, uh, March 25th. Are you there tomorrow night as well, Matt? Yeah, we're there all weekend, but uh, at the, for the 7.30 showings. Okay, the 7.30 showings. <coughs> so, <coughs> pardon me. So, so, let's talk a little bit about your assembling of the cast. Now, your first-time director, How? what came first in terms of the production of uh, Take Me to the River. Did you have a script in hand? Did you get one of these actors? How how do you how do you go about making all this happen? Well, to be honest, I wrote this first draft of this script um, when I was a senior in uh, art school um, at UCLA, not in film school, and I graduated with a pretty clear idea of what I wanted the film to be like, but. Um, no idea uh, of the, the personnel it would take um, and the types of people who I'd have to meet to make this film really happen. Um, and, and the first thing that I did was rent a tuxedo and buy a ticket to Cannes because the, the festival was coming up. And I uh, was walking around um, the film market there trying to hawk my script to anybody, to producers, to sales agents, and I didn't really even know what they did. It was, it was a, a thoroughly, um, it was a testing situation. Um, there, were, there were moments that it was like thoroughly uh, disheartening and embarrassing, um, but after uh, I made it through it, I sort of felt like I had, if I, if I could survive can um, as an art school student, I thought I could make the film. So I, I'm going to guess from your answer that no one jumped up and said, "This is interesting," and I want. That's wanna, correct. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, about so, the word. Any any, uh, any aspiring filmmakers who are listening can know that that's that's the wrong idea. <laughs> um, but you kind of uh, went through the fire, I, uh, right? I mean, you you walked you walked across the hot coals, so you you must have learned something in that process. I thickened my skin quite a bit. The learning curve was extremely steep. I learned a little bit about how to speak to industry-type folk and um, with confidence and uh, uh, pique their interest, uh, not bore them. 
Um, but the, what, what eventually came out of it wasn't a producer or a financier, but ended up being much more valuable, which was sort of entree to this um, European film development lab in Amsterdam called Binger Film Lab, um, which I was accepted to and then uh, went to Amsterdam to live for an entire year and, wow. and participate in this writing and directing lab. Fantastic. So let's move, let's jump forward. We only have a couple of minutes left, so I want to jump forward. The film uh, screened at <coughs> some of the more prestigious film festivals. Uh, was it Sundance? Uh, was Sundance were... Sundance. Sundance was the premiere. Um, we showed next at London BFI, uh, and then we've also shown at uh, uh, several regional festivals. Yeah. And the reaction it has been, um, as you uh, characterize it as polarizing, the film has gotten terrific film reviews. I think even people who, with some of the subject matter, have have uh, had some, I guess, I don't know, reservations is the right word, but there's been some controversy over the content of some of, uh, some of what is in uh, Take Me to the River. But I think everyone has appreciated the filmmaking um, that you have sure been, it's um yeah it, it, the, i mean the the subject matter of uh childhood uh sexual awakening is a very touchy one yeah. and understandably so yeah um and this film speaks a lot about the shame that adults place on children for doing what comes completely naturally to them yeah. um and the danger uh of, of of sort of labeling an action as shameful or perverted or wrong in any way, and how that can grow and metastasize and not re- and, and forever affect that child even when they're an adult. It's a terrific film. I I, want, I urge people who are he- hearing the sound of our voices here to check this out. It's at the New Art tonight. Uh, it's March twenty fifth. You're going to be there with Logan Miller, Robin Rygart, as well. At, for tonight and tomorrow, and you did say Sunday as well, or did I? Sunday as well. I yeah. added a day. They're, okay, they're, they're making me come all weekend, Fantastic. so I'll be there all weekend. Well, and that's come the, say hi. And the seven thirty screening, and it's it's a really wonderful film, and uh, congratulations to you um, on it. And uh, as a writer, producer, and director, it, it's all around the cinematography. We haven't touched on it. the sort of the production values are wonderful in it. Let's mention Thomas Scott Stanton. He did a terrific job with the look um, and throughout. It, it's, it's wonderful, and everyone in it is just really good. The film movement is uh, this distributor, and they are a good one. All kinds of great reasons to go see this film. Thank you. Matt, thank you so much for being here on Film School. The film, again, is Take Me to the River. Uh, we've been speaking with the director, writer, and producer, Matt Sobel. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.